0: Yo, what is going on, baby? Nathan Kennedy, The New Money Podcast, episode 61. Hoping you guys are feeling good and having a good Christmas season. As always, my friends, ask me any question you guys have on Instagram, as well as if you are listening on Apple Podcasts. I would really love if you could leave a little bit of a review there. It really does help the show and lets Apple know that we here at New Money means some business. Now, guys, you know, I'm always talking about planning and investing in yourselves and in your future. If you're listening to this right now, you know how important investing is, or you at least have some idea. And we are big fans of the stock market here on the New Money Podcast. However, I can talk all day and you guys can listen to me all day and I can you know, talk about investing till I'm blue in the face. But if you guys don't take that action, you can't build that future for yourself. You have to take action today. And I promise you that Wealth simple Trade and Wealthsimple Invest are two of the best platforms out there to help you guys take that first step forward to building that future for yourself. The interface navigation are incredible and so easy to understand. Wealthsimple Trade is a commission-free platform where you can buy and sell ETFs and stocks free of charge. Wealthsimple Invest is a robo-advisor where they do all the work for you, you just put the money in. Check out the show notes for the links to get started with either one. I really, really recommend it. Also, guys, when you sign up with Wealthsimple Trade, you get 10 bucks. Towards your first investment. In Wealth Simple Invest, you get 50 bucks for your first investment. Minimum is 100 bucks for Wealth Simple Trade and 500 bucks for Wealth Simple Invest. So guys, check out the show notes to get started with either one. Also, I do want to shout out Grit Labs. Grit Labs is a group fitness bootcamp style training in Burlington, Ontario. Energy intensity off the charts. Absolutely love it there. If you want to get started, if you want to look for one of the only gyms that's really open in Southern Ontario, the way things are going right now, check out grit that's gritlabs.ca, that's G-R-I-T-L-A-B-S dot or check the show notes for the link. Okay, so for today, I'm bringing back an old episode on debt. It's actually the third episode of the podcast, so I kind of remixed it, just added some different stuff to it and wanted to bring it out because, you know, I think there's a lot of great information in there, and I think that, you know, it's really applicable to... You know, some of the stuff that's going on, I mean, you know, times are tough and I think a lot of the stuff is evergreen. So just wanted to bring it back, share it with you guys and yeah, enjoy it right before Christmas. So without further ado, let's just dive on into it, baby. Money, 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 money. Money. So credit is purely a tool. It should not be used to acquire luxuries or things you don't need or more specifically, things you really can't afford. You know, my old prof, I I took a personal finance course uh, last year, and he said, if you couldn't pay for it in cash, then don't use credit. The only time you should be using credit in terms of purchases is if it's a massive purchase, like a house or student debt or et cetera, or you can afford to pay for it in cash, but you're just funneling the money through the credit to reap the reward. And that's what's called churning. A lot of people actually make a little bit of a career having several credit cards being consistent in paying off those credit cards, and then just reaping the rewards, the dividends, the air miles, whatever the hell. I mean, those that's pretty much the only reason you should be using a credit card. And, and you know, building your credit is important to some degree, and we'll chat about um, both sides of that. But for the most part, you need to be using credit as a tool. You cannot be using credit beyond your means. It should be well below your means. Essentially, credit really should only be used... To make money, not to take money, right? It should be a benefit to you in some capacity, some legitimate capacity. So, you know, it's it's interesting, right? Because everybody knows that you're not supposed to overspend with credit. You know, you, you get your first credit card when you're younger and it's um, only use this in emergencies, honey. Only use this if you get in a bind. Like this is this is an emergency. And then it slowly transitions into sort of an everyday thing. And that's sort of what happened to me. And... Let's dive into my sort of story just so you kind of can get grounded and we can get grounded in this conversation this one way conversation about credit and what I learned from it and, and why it's so crucial to not use your money outside of your means. Yeah, I got a credit card at around 18 and it was good. And, you know, it was I didn't really use it at all. I didn't. I, I, it was just kind of there. I, I just didn't really feel the need to use it. You know, I, I just kind of held on to it. And then I got into school and money got tight real quick in one of the years and I actually ran out of money and so I just ran up my credit card and, and I didn't really think anything of it I just thought just pay it off whenever I could da, 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 da. to this day I really don't even know what happened like one day I had a few hundred bucks next thing I knew I was three grand and th- actually it was 3500 I remember it was $3,500 in debt completely in debt no money no nothing And I didn't know what the hell was going on. I was like, just still going out, whatever, just ignoring it and not really caring because it was like, ah, whatever, I'll get get around to it. I'll get around to it. Minimum payment, minimum payment, minimum payment. (laughs) I never really looked at how much interest I paid, but it was probably disgusting. So I made it my mission. I, I believe it was in January. I guess you could say it was a little bit of a New Year's resolution thing to aggressively pay that off. And like I had a mission. So that summer gotten to work and i i threw three paychecks at it three or four paychecks at it like nobody's business i just aggressively went after it and eventually it went away and that that last payment that i put through was probably one of the most justifying freeing amazing feelings that i've ever had in my entire life and it set the precedent for me to never ever 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 let that happen again And so with this episode, I really want to prevent something like that happening. Or if that's happening right now, maybe coaching you through it. Credit is a very controversial topic. And in my opinion, there's good credit and there's bad credit. And we're going to touch on the differences between the two and, you know, try to prevent any adverse things from happening uh, moving forward and to manage it because it's very important to know what you're doing and because you can easily, easily slip down and fall off and have a tough time with it. And then how you can use it as a tool to build your wealth in the future, in the next few years and over time. So let's touch on a few different ways that you can go after your debt if you've got a few thousand bucks or a few hundred bucks even and things might be out of control. Or if you ever find yourself in the position, which I, I pray to God, if you're listening to this, I hope you never find yourself in that position. But if you do, here are a few different methods that you can use to get out of it. So the first method you could use is to throw everything but the kitchen sink at that mother. You know what I'm saying? Like that's what I did. I literally took all the money that I made and just paid down my debt like viciously, like went after it like a rabid dog. That's a method, in my opinion. If you're extremely motivated and consistent and and you're really about it, just pay that thing down. And it's one of the steps in what I recommended in last episode after you save up $1,000 to pay off your debt. Now, there's different ways to approach it. That's the first way. Just go crazy and just throw all your money at it. Get rid of it, right? And again, talking about revolving debt here, more so credit cards and, and loans and things like that that aren't, it's not like a mortgage, which is for a later episode. Student debt, which is definitely for a later episode. I wanna go deep, deep into that. I'm talking about revolving debt, more so consumer debt. That's probably what we're, we're looking at here. Throw everything at it. The second way is the logical way. You say you have a few different Uh, credit cards or loans or whatever this in a perfect world is the cheapest way to pay off all your debt is to pay the one with the highest interest rate first and pay that off and then work to the next one and that way you're mathematically going to pay less in interest. That's a reasonable plan. But if you're that deep of a hole, rationality might not be the best way to approach that you probably want to take more of an emotional approach to counteract the emotional way that you got there. The rationality aspect, of course, makes sense, but it doesn't make sense that you're thousands of dollars in debt. So let's tackle it the way you got in by taking that lapse in judgment with emotion and tackle it with an emotional-based approach that has worked for a lot of people. And that's the debt snowball approach. So this approach basically says, look at all your debts that you have, let's say three or four, and your smallest debt is $800 next one's $2,400 and then you've got one for like $3,500 but let's say the second one the second highest balance has a higher interest rate than the lower one doesn't matter you pay off the lower one first why well research has shown that whenever somebody is able to pay off a debt quicker it's more relieving uh, motivating and it's definitely more exciting got one of them off the list you can check that off you're motivated we're trying to get you motivated we're trying to get you use that emotion in a positive productive way pay the lower one off first and then move on to the next highest balance and then the next one and then the next one and it's just building up that reserve of motivation so you can stay on track and go after it because using the logical approach of paying the highest interest rate first, again, makes sense. However, you're more likely to fail. You're more likely to fall off. You're more likely to, nah, it's not really working. This isn't working. It's taking forever. I'll just stay in debt forever. It's fine. (laughs) And nobody says that out loud, but the way they move throughout their life would have you think that. Pay off that lower balance first. That's, and that's, again, my opinion, i think that just makes more sense if you're that deep in the hole you need to use emotion to get counteract that emotion right and then another method you could use actually is a balance transfer so um, looking to consolidating your debt to get a lower interest rate if it's really high it's a good method. It depends on your circumstance. There's so many different scenarios where that could make sense or it doesn't work, et cetera, because there's different kinds of debt. There's car loans, there's personal loans, there's credit card debt, et cetera. So a consideration, definitely, if you have a higher enough number is to figure out a balance transfer so you can lower the interest rate and actually end up paying less. Um, and then maybe rolling out the debt snowball method on top of that to counteract it and just just working it out that sort of way. And with with paying off debt, really, it's it's all about patience. Again, there are people out there, I'm, I'm young, right? It's the new money podcast and it, it ain't the old money podcast. Like I'm young. I haven't seen too, too much in my personal life of people in severe debt, at least in my knowledge. They might be, I just don't know that. And so I can't speak from a place of I was $10,000 in debt. This is how I did it. I had five maxed out credit cards. I had that I didn't, I don't plan on ever having that journey and I've never had that journey, but I think my little sort of baby hill gave me enough of a scare to figure it out. Along with other things in my sort of financial journey, and so I think I can speak on a lot of the examples that I've seen and read about, um, and how they were able to find success. So that snowball method is a great method. Really, really implement that if you're in a in a jam, and um, look it up and do additional research on top of this. But that is one of the best ways you can go after that thing. Pay it down and get the hell out of there. Money, money, money. So now I just want to segue into credit cards because credit cards are the most applicable for the majority of people that are listening to this. I hope, I hope you don't have a ton of money hanging over your head, but if you do, that's snowball, let's get after it. But credit cards, let's talk about credit cards. So like I was saying before, credit cards can be an awesome tool if you've got your ish together, you know what I mean? If you're paying monthly, every single time, on time, no doubt about it, You can funnel some money through, right? And reap those rewards. And it's actually not gonna cost you a dime because you're not paying interest if you don't carry a balance. And so there that's a huge misconception. And I actually learned, I think it was a few years ago, I was like, wow, you don't pay any interest at all if you pay on time. I was like, wow, that's great. That's great. I thought you have to pay interest no matter what. It's like, nope, you pay on time, you don't have to pay interest. If you've got your ish together, that's a pretty good deal. And a lot of wealthy, well put together people use those methods to reap the benefits. Let's not do that unless you have a ton of things in order first. That's like a cherry on top, the epitome of a cherry on top. It's a slippery slope because if you've had credit problems in the past, eh, you might get sucked in. I mean, it's, studies have shown that it's easy to get caught up in just tapping that card, tapping that card, especially when it's credit, when it's money that you have to pay later on. It's pretty easy to not delay that gratification. Get caught up in the points and they say, Oh, I want the credit card for the points. And and they go crazy and they want the points. The points, the points are so irrelevant if you don't have your stuff together that I can't even I can't even describe how of an afterthought that needs to be for you once you've figured your stuff out. And if you do have your stuff out and everything's good and your credit's great, be my guest. Rack up those points, pay it on time, don't overutilize your card, which we'll get into what you know affects your credit score later in this episode. Don't go crazy. Fine, get the points, fine. No problem with that. I have a dividend card. I get cash back. I funnel it through too since, you know, I've figured this stuff out. But do not do that for the points. And people, you'd be surprised, (laughs) get credit card just for the points and they forget about all the interest and payments and things that grossly, and I mean grossly, overweigh in harm versus the benefit of some scene points or something like that. So again, credit, pretty simple rule. If you can't pay for it in cash, do not use your credit card. And I understand you might be in a bind and there are circumstances that might arise. And that was really the case for me. I was really low on money and I just, I didn't know any better, right? To me, it was a source of money that I could pay off later. I can't sit here and judge you and say that credit is bad in every single circumstance. Yeah, I like, I get it. Like sometimes things get really, really tough and There's things that happen in life that would justify it in the moment, but a rule of thumb is try your absolute 100% best to never, ever, 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 ever use credit unless you can pay for it in cash and you can make the payment on time. If you can't figure out every last way, unless it's life or death, which is rare, very rare, figure out a way to get cash, get another job, ask for loans from your family, maybe something from mom or dad or your friends etc just figure out different ways because you're not getting dinged if you own johnny 200 bucks but you're you're getting dinged on your credit score if and and you're gonna have to pay interest if you borrow it from the bank so think about creative options if you're really really in a tough bind. again i'm not gonna sit here and pretend like i know your situation because i don't but there's a lot of ways around using credit beyond your means money, money, money so a few different misconceptions surrounding credit cards number one you you should carry a balance it's good for your credit wrong i don't know who the hell came up with that that's wrong that is wrong like no do not ever carry a balance and if you're carrying a balance tackle the debt down because you should never be carrying a balance use a credit card get your statement pay what's on the statement you're not going to pay interest period point blank doesn't matter. You could just pay it early, pay off the full balance early, that's fine too. I don't think it necessarily helps your credit, but it definitely doesn't hurt it and you're not gonna pay any interest, so that's a way too, you could just pay it early. I wouldn't recommend paying every single time you make a purchase. Just get good at paying consistently when it's due. It's a little bit tedious to buy something with credit and then why would you just use cash, right? Forget the points, Like that's too tedious to constantly have that back and forth. Just pay once a month, full balance, absolutely everything, clear it off, Bob's your uncle. And only do that if everything else is nice and tight. You got your emergency budget, you're saving for your goals, you've moved on to investing and et cetera, and everything's going great. And you've got your, your, everything's in check, everything's in check. And you can trust that you can pay that off and you've got the cash to pay that off the end of the month. That is when you may be able to do it, right? That's when I'd say, okay, it is such a cherry on top, That's I'm gonna repeat that, I don't care if it's annoying. Cherry on top, I can't even get it started how big of a cherry on top that is. Please do not do anything with credit cards unless you've got everything else together. So let's jump into your credit score, right? It's kind of, you know for most people, if you haven't really looked into it, it's this arbitrary number basically saying how good you are at paying back. So your credit score is important in some respects, I mean, If you have a really good credit score, you can get better interest down the line, more loan products available for you as well, if for mortgages and potential business loans and et cetera. If if you got good credit, it's good for you, right? It'll help you down the line. However, however, having good credit just means that you can borrow better. And there are very, very few scenarios where you need to borrow at all, if you're financially stable. It's based on investments, like really, you can think of the only way to justify debt truly is, is an investment, an investment in your future with student loans, an investment in your family with your house, right? It's not a financial investment, your house. It's more an expense than an investment. It's, it's not really an investment. Your personal residence is not an investment. That's one of the biggest misconceptions in personal finance. I believe that it's not an investment because of all the costs associated with it. Again, real estate later episode. But it's an investment in your family and it's worth it right nobody has hundreds of thousands of dollars lying around very few people do so again only borrow if it's an investment and so your credit score can definitely help you out with that similar to the credit card and, and credit overall is a cherry on top it's credit is only something that you should be considering in terms of building once you've got everything else nice and sound your cash flow is good right money coming in Versus money coming out, that's all handled, right? We we set up our budgets, we've got everything good, we've got money saved up, we're looking good. We pay down our revolving debt, which is essentially debt that you use, you pay it off, and then it's available for you again. You don't have to reapply; it's not like typical personal loan. You can just, it's revolving, right? And that's what makes it so dangerous. So we've taken care of all of that. Everything's foundational. Then you can worry about credit management and building that up, because it it is a nice tool to have. You know, it is good, but it is not life and death. And you do not need to borrow in life it's not an absolute must there are ways that you can navigate through life and never have to borrow a dollar at all it's more difficult life but it's possible so let's get into what your credit score consists of right you might think oh it's just how quickly and how good i am at paying back that's not uh, that's not everything right that's not everything so 35 percent of your credit score is attributed to your payment history how consistent are you how frequently are you hitting those numbers paying off everything in full right that's the lion's share of what your credit score consists of over just over a third is your payment history now the second that goes into it and it's actually just under payment history is amount owed are you ready you can owe too much or you can owe too little having having a credit card or having some open line of credit and not using it at all is actually hurting your credit score and so either Get rid of that if you're not using it or use it to some degree. Not using it and having it is hurting your credit score and having too much of your balance. Say, if, for example, you have $3,500 of a credit limit and you're at like three grand. That's going to hurt your credit score because you're, you are owe way more than you should, right? You're, you're never, ever, ever supposed to take it to the max. The banks want you to because they want more interest from you, but that hurts your credit score. You know, a few hundred bucks, if you've got a few thousand worth of room, Pay it off at the end of the month, on time, no interest, no nothing, good to go, right? So don't have too little, definitely don't have too much if you're gonna have a credit card. The third, and this is about 15%, so the first was payment history, 35%, amount owed, 30%, length of credit history, 15%, right? So if, if you're brand new, borrower, you're not gonna have that credit established and you're not gonna have that sort of body of work that would benefit your credit score. If you've had it for a long time, you have more of a body of work for them to look at and consistency, et cetera. So they weigh that about 15%. The type of credit is the fourth. This is about 10%. So there's different types of credit. There's credit card loans, car loans, personal loans, payday loans. Ugh, disgusting. Payday loans. If there's one thing, payday loans are evil. The, like Those businesses are evil Like in every sense of the word. They pry on the more vulnerable people in society. I used to work at a subordinate debt firm called Fairstone. Subordinate just means that it's debt that falls second to third in line, right? It's not like primary good stuff. This is for people who have bad credit and they're looking to get loans to help their credit and and pay down their loans. It's just the whole financial loan industry is pretty shady. And that's why I'm not in it at all. But essentially, I worked there and I saw a ton of people Um, and I work with a ton of clients and, you know, just be so sad to see some of these situations that these people have found themselves in and these payday loans, bro. Oh my God. Oh my God. Like make you throw up in terms of how, how, how they pry on people. Uh, And so I just wanted to, the little rant there, hate, (laughs) Nate hates payday loans, right? (laughs) Do never, ever, ever, ever in any circumstance ever do that stuff, right? Cash money, all that, F that, that is no, 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 they're evil. The last portion, uh, which is about 10% that goes into your credit score, is searching for new credit. So when you're looking around and you're trying to you know, look for different phone bills and this, that, or, or you're looking at different providers, you're getting credit check after credit check. So when someone wants to give you something in exchange for a loan, they'll check your credit, et cetera, et cetera, and you take a little bit of a hit on that. It's called a hard hit. Checking your credit through some of these apps um, is a soft hit, so it doesn't actually affect your credit, but if you're constantly bouncing around trying to get you know, things are getting hit and hit and hit, then yeah, it's going to hurt your credit. It's about 10% of what your credit score is consists of that. I had, even with that little story that I had, I had like a medium credit score. And in like a few years, I have, you know, a pretty good one. (laughs) So it, it can bounce back quick. So it's not permanent. It's very evolving. So again, pay that thing off in full. We're not paying interest. We're not doing that. We're not playing that game. We're not playing their games. We're going to collect the points. We're not going to pay a dime for it. We're going to talk about car loans and things like that in a different episode. I really want to go super, super granular into cars and, and what I think about them. And <laughs> I got a lot to say about cars, car loans, and things like that. But that's so complex that I want to do my own little episode over that. One last consideration too never get overdraft protection for your checking account. Seems like a little bit of a fail safe, but it's actually hurting your credit score. So get rid of that and get your cash flow right. Money, 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 money so that's the episode guys thank you so much and the audio is going to sound a little bit different because this is me today and a reminder let's get started with wealth simple let's get started with building our futures link is in the show notes below wealth simple trade wealth simple invest pick whichever one you think can help you the most. Let's get it going. Thank you guys for listening in. I really appreciate y'all. Uh Merry Christmas or happy holidays. Uh take some time off, rest, chill with family, loved one, etc. Um guys, thank you for a fantastic year. I mean, it's been a hell of a year for everybody on earth, but um you know, really like thank you guys. It's been just so sick and and you know, learning about all of your guys journeys and and um creating this stuff has just been super super dope so guys thank you so much happy holidays um again get that rnr um <laughs> that's all i got for you for now i'm out this mother Peace.